Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And are, um, are in the middle of just like you are. Oh, we, we're not in the middle of Christmas. We're just on the beginning of Christmas. Well, Come no, on. Because, now, you talk to yourself. I'm fast forwarding because we're going to be gone a lot this month. I know. You don't want to get too... I don't think Christmas should get too busy until, you know, maybe December 23rd, right? That's because you don't send all the grandchildren their gifts. <laughs> well, it is it is a busy time of year, but what a great time of year to go into as families. And, you know, I'm sure you're all making plans of how to get together and how to Skype each other or how to be together in one way or another, actual or virtual, over the holidays. And we're thinking especially about extended families and how how important it is to have these links and how how in the world you do it on Christmas. Gifts are sent and so on, but the best gifts are probably the personal things where we're actually together. And if you're able to go over the river and through the woods and be with families, if you're lucky enough to have a lot of your extended family living close to you, I mean, that's the best of all worlds, right? Just get in the car and drive over to their house or whatever. But if you're like us and your kids are spread all around the world, your your immediate family, uh, we've got uh, kids in London and Zurich and Maui, uh, all over the all United States. The US. So it's a little harder. And then when and when you think of extended family, Linda, most people have distance as a barrier in terms of really celebrating Christmas the way you'd like. Maybe someday we'll get to a teleporting world where we could just all sort of gather together in one home for two hours and just go back in a vacuum tube or something, well, get back home. You know those little holograms that they had in the original Star Wars thing? I think that's coming around. So if you could just hit your computer <laughs> and have your little three-year-old grandchild standing right there on your computer. Yeah, but I don't think that would help, No, honey. because you can talk to them. Maybe you can't hug like them. You can't hug them. What, what you got to no, do... I what would happen if you When are we going to have holograms that, that, that you can hug? I don't know. That's going to be down the, the rhyme line a little bit i mean we got two new grandbabies one lives in london and you know we have a hard time other than just skyping them or facetiming them every day and we see him growing and he's going to be six months old by the time we see him and we haven't hugged him now for several months and it's kind of hard on us well you know we have loved um, this program and we mentioned it last week but now this week we're into it and that is the program that the LDS Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has launched as of December 1st called Light the World. And it is so fun. There's something every day. I mean, they they correlate so beautifully what Jesus did and then now what you can do today to be more like Jesus. I mean, and we're using that as a way to unite our extended family because we're all we're all doing it. It's like a it's like a video advent calendar, right? Every Absolutely. Day. I mean, the first one was to lift someone's burden, and we'll uh, we'll get back to that in a minute when we, we're going to be also talking about refugees today. But yesterday was was about honoring uh, Jesus honored his parents, and you can do it too. And so I was thinking about my parents yesterday and wondering when our children were going to be sending us messages. <laughs> 
But and they actually, did. they Bless did. Their hearts. They did. It was so great. We had a long chat with Shawnee, our daughter in Phoenix, last night, and the emails came in, and it was but so in, fun. In case you don't know what we're talking about, <clears throat> I think the quickest way to get to it is just just Google "Light the World LDS," and it'll bring right up the screen where um, Elder Bednar, one of the twelve apostles, introduces it, and then. You've got the overall video that sort of follows the theme you just mentioned, Linda. Jesus honored his parents, you can do it too. Or Jesus helped the poor, you can do it too. Yeah. A different one for every day. Well, and actually today is Jesus helped others to see. And the image that you see online is him uh, making a blind man see, which he did. But and then you think, well, wait, how can I do that? But it gives you several suggestions from uh, things like uh, providing eyeglasses for the poor to just actually thinking about what helping people see who they are. That, that I just helping read that a minute ago. Really see, who really see who they are that they yeah. may not see themselves. And, and see how good they are and see how how worthwhile they are. Yeah. You know? And I woke up this morning thinking, let's see, what can I do? And we have a darling little granddaughter who we may have mentioned in the past who has a syndrome called the Bardet Beetle syndrome. Which, which means that she's losing her sight gradually. Uh, most of them lose their sight between 9 and 15, and she's 9, uh, going almost 10. So we're really focused on her today, and particularly. And so I just called her. Parents got her a little, not a iPhone, but a little gadget. It's called a gizmo. Um, at least that's what her dad calls it. And I just called her this morning to see how she was doing. She was at a word party having breakfast and having a good time and and I don't have to worry about talking too long because, you know, it's like, um, look on Amazon and see what you want us to send for Christmas. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, she's just, a busy girl. just those little <clears throat> thoughts about what you can do to help somebody see in some way today is now just really may, a brilliant now, idea. Yeah. Now, you may say, how does this tie in with the theme of the show today? Well, you know, the title of today's show is Extended Family and Refugees at Christmas. That may sound like a, an oddball title, but we wanted to start with just a few thoughts and just kind of talking a little about extended family and how to get people together. And more important than getting together, whether it's virtual reality or really seeing them, is sort of getting together in, in heart, in mind, in spirit, in unity. And one of the great ways to do that is this wonderful Light the World program on uh, LDS.org, where all of you, no matter where you live, and no matter how far apart you are. And no matter what religion you belong yeah. to, or no religion, it right. just gives you a great, some great ideas. You can be united by what you're actually doing, and that, that's the best way to be united. Now, as far as other things for Christmas, I mean... It's amazing to us as we travel around the world talking to different families in different places. It's amazing how many different models there are for staying in touch and for getting together on Christmas. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of people try to send a gift to everyone. That's hard when you have a big family. Um, Amazon helps a lot. You get online and they send it for you. Oh, my goodness. Somebody was just asking me yesterday what we do for grandchildren. And I, my biggest tool is um, 
Amazon Prime because they sent it for not, I mean, you can just go online, order it, send it. It's there in two days and no, no, um, it's just like you went to the store and wrapped it and sent it. There's no, um, what a blessing. What's it called? Postage. No, no shipping charge. <laughs> no and, shipping. And of course, the other thing is that uh, a lot of families draw names and just focus on, you know, one gift for one other person in the family and, and everyone gets one major gift and so on. So there's all kinds of models for doing it but we have been thinking a lot about how grateful we are for technology not only a, a thing like amazon allowing you to send gifts with with much less effort but of course just the ability to facetime i mean what a fantastic thing to be able to see people in real time watch them open their presents watch them at their christmas dinner watch them carrying on maybe the traditions you had in your home and now they're spread all over in different locations, but still doing those traditions and you can link up and actually see them do it. Bottom line is that distance is not a problem anymore. Well, it's sort of a problem. Well, but, but I mean, imagine, imagine 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I am imagining. And I have a cousin who um, lived on a farm, really did not have funds to go see children who live far away. And there were years when, you know, they just wrote handwritten letters. That's the only way they had to communicate. And now just think what we have to keep our extended family together. But, but as you do that, our advice is don't let technology completely dominate the way you communicate with your extended family. I'm, we're sitting at my desk right now in our home in Park City. And um, I'm just pointing at, uh, to, out to Linda there's a little stand here that has four fountain pens sitting on it. Now, that's as far as you can possibly get from modern technology. And let me tell you what I'm doing with them. And this is just to, just to kind of expand our all of our thinking on how to stay in touch in different ways. I've, I've realized that a lot of my grandchildren, our grandchildren, have never, get this, Linda, never received an actual letter in the mail from someone who has written it on real paper with a fountain pen. And, and I think, you know, what I try to do is I send a handwritten, uh, fountain pen written letter on our grandchildren's unbirthday. They get plenty of stuff on their birthday, but six months from their birthday, the day that we designate as their unbirthday, I send them this handwritten note, and I think it'll be the only handwritten fountain pen letter that any of them have ever received, and they'll hang on to that 10 times longer than if I just sent them an email or a text or FaceTimed them. Well, that's true, and you're fabulous at that, but you've got to realize that for the little kids, you can't write in cursive. They can't read cursive. I don't, I, but I always print. I mean, I, I... You always print? I do. I've always... I've never never really been a fan of cursive. Who, who, who invented cursive anyway? What even is that? This <laughs> <laughs> is supposed to be a way to write fast. Well, we, I don't know. we don't need that anymore. You are so good at that, and it really is. One of my favorite art pieces, we just were at, art, at an art show that uh, Brent, Eddie Ward actually organized down in California at the Oakland Temple Visitors Center, and... One of my dear friends did a painting called A Letter from Grandma. And it's a little girl on her tippy toes getting a letter out of a mailbox from her grandma. And honestly, 
that just struck my heart it's when I saw that. It's an ancient image. It's an ancient image. We don't see that anymore, and we need to do it more often. So what I'm really saying is, yeah, of course, we're grateful for technology. It allows us to see people in real time. It allows us to stay in touch much more in a much more immediate and timely and current way than we ever could before. But don't don't forget that there are still old-fashioned, old-school ways to stay in touch, which sometimes have more, they're things people save, they're things people keep a hold of, they're things people, it's a kind of a gift that keeps on giving, so to speak. It's a great idea, but we are going to take a little break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this refugee situation, which is, oh gosh, you don't, I mean, you're aware of it, but during the winter, you're really aware of it. It is so sad to think about these refugees freezing out in tents or maybe not even tents. And we have some on-the-ground knowledge of this with a good friend. And we're going to tie that back into the, the theme of staying in touch with extended family because if you can, as a family, do some service or some refugee awareness and That'll do both things. That'll bring the Christmas spirit and it will keep you united. So brief break and we'll be right back, back on Ayers on the Road. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. And actually, we've only been on the road from Park City to Salt Lake City this week. We've just gone back and a, forth this about has been a, 40 a, times. A week where we stuck at home, and boy, do we love it. When we get a yeah. whole week when we don't have to go anywhere or do any speaking or traveling. I mean, I know traveling in some ways is romantic and fun and so on, but boy, there's nothing like doing a little too much of it to make you appreciate staying at home. We've had a little snow here in Park City. It's been beautiful. Um, and it is a good time to think with all this snow about refugees. Wow. We have one of our daughters, Sadie, who lives in Boston, has a dear friend named Liz, who it, Davis Edwards, who actually has been, took her three girls to refugee camp. In, in Greece, Greece uh, where they're getting summer. a lot of the Syrian refugees. And uh, Afghan refugees. And it really is pretty amazing, the stories that she tells us. I mean, she said they were showing her pictures of their beautiful homes and their beautiful cars that they absolutely walked away from with the clothes on their back. Yeah, I, I just want to comment on that. I mean, I think... We all know of refugees around the world. We all know of people who need desperately need help around the world. Uh, we've done expeditions and tried to help people in Africa and in Bolivia and in a lot of third world places. But as you're saying, Linda, the thing that makes the thing that sort of differentiate the the current refugee problem is that a lot of the refugees who are uh, who who have enough means to get out of the trouble spot, whether it's Syria or Afghanistan or wherever it is, the ones who have the means to escape that are also people that are kind of really uniquely interesting to identify with because they left lives very similar to ours. They left a nice house. They left nice cars. They left comfortable lifestyles. And they're now living in tents if they're lucky. I mean, they're part, lucky, yeah. part of the recent contribution we had a, the honor to make was to help build 
a temporary shelter for people who were still sleeping outside and, and the temperatures were getting down to freezing at night. Well, yeah, they're sleeping in the, in not only freezing, but snow. And uh, they're wet and their kids are wet and they have no place to go and people are turning them away wherever they go. So they're just outside of this refugee camp. They have a huge warehouse and the top floor can be turned into a lot of spaces to house these people. But now the government's saying they can't go in there until they have an adequate number of restrooms, which seems ridiculous to me. But this Liz is scrambling for another $100,000. I mean, that's just not pocket change. Um, to help these refugees get inside with babies, newborn babies. She said they're new babies, little children. They need to get warm. I just, oh, I think about that when I go outside and I'm miserable. It's cold in Utah right now, freezing cold. And you think, wow, what if we didn't have a place to go? Now, how do we tie that into Christmas and into our current realities? Uh, we're, we're lucky enough to have this personal channel where we can give a little bit of financial help. But you know, again, back to the technology, Linda, one of the great things about it is if you, if part of your Christmas, as it is in so many families, is an effort to give some service or some help or some welfare or some humanitarian aid, it's as close as your computer. And it's so, it's actually quite fun and interesting to do a search, to Google, to try to figure out where there are refugee organizations that need help right now. And you can usually give that help instantly through a credit card or whatever. So we're not preaching to you on what to do on Christmas, but we're just saying part of it, you know, we had a wonderful class discussion the other day with some people who we were saying, what really makes Christmas meaningful? And the consensus answer was, if you can do some service as a family. Now, the old school ways of doing that is going to, the, to a homeless shelter and feeding people or making some kind of a local donation to people in need or, you know, contributing to uh, the Red Cross or to various uh, Save the Children type funds. And, and that's gone on for years. And now there's this added need of a lot of refugees in a lot of places. So if that's part of how you want to celebrate Christmas, um, there's plenty of opportunity to do it. Well, I, I love that, you know, they have uh, Black Friday and then they have Cyber Monday and now they've added Giving Tuesday. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I mean, we gave, I'm sure so many of you listeners gave that day. It is so terrific to do that because together we can do amazing things. In fact, we have a great idea from a friend of ours that someday we're going to figure out somehow to make this work. You remember this when uh, Jen was saying what a great idea it would be if in the, in the LDS church we have what we call fast Sunday, which means we fast for two meals and then we give the money that we would have used to buy food to the poor or the needy, people that need it. And she's saying, why don't we do this worldwide when there's a huge tsunami, when there's a huge earthquake? Let's do a worldwide fast and just have everybody just send that little bit of money that it would have taken to buy the food for that to those two meals to a central place which goes directly to help those people. Don't you think that's a great idea? I sure do. I don't know who would administer that or who would orchestrate it. Maybe all. somebody out there in Radio Land can figure that out. Maybe because it's a can. great idea. Because that's what the real Christmas spirit is all about. Now, this class I was mentioning the uh, just a moment ago, um 
became a really fascinating brainstorming session on, well, I actually the topic for it, I'll just tell you what the actual topic was and, and we'll kind of try to wrap all this together as we get toward the end of this show today. The actual title was how to decrease the spirit of getting and of Santa and increase the spirit of giving and Christ. And, and it was really an interesting discussion because there were some people there who were saying, oh my gosh, I just wish I could get away from this materialism and this commercialism. I just wish I could just pull up stakes and, and go to somewhere where Santa Claus and, and uh, toy stores and, and commercial advertisements and all the running around and materialism didn't even exist. And then there were others who I thought were really a little more moderate who were saying, well, um, you know, I don't really think that's what we need. I think we, we ought to have both. I think there is a magic in, in Christmas and in the imagination of Santa and the sleigh and the reindeer and the elves and so on. I think we can have that too. And we can have the religious part, the somber part, the truly sacred part of Christmas with Christ and with the spirit of giving. And it got into quite a debate. Well, it doesn't one overwhelm the other. Well, how, how, how do you have both? How do you do both? And then I thought, Linda, the class got really interesting because people were giving their own ideas for how to do this. For example, one that I, it seems so simple, but it's one I'd never heard of. She said, well, we have little children in our family. And as soon as we put our Christmas tree up, we put a box, a big box by the Christmas tree. I think it was a basket. A, ba a big basket <laughs> or a big box. And, and, and we say to all of our members of the family, even the little children, put anything you have that you would like to be given to someone who needs it more than you do, put it in this basket. And when Santa comes, he'll bring you your presents, hopefully the ones you've asked for, but he'll also take the basket. And he'll give all those things that we have donated or put in that basket to people who need them more, to yeah. poor children. Now, now you might say, well, that's kind of a... <laughs> no, I love that idea, especially yeah. for little children. But is it truthful? And, and you know, is that really what's going to happen? Is Santa really going to pick it up? And Well, in a way, it is truthful. Well, and it course. is true because what the parents, of course, were doing was taking that bag uh, on Christmas Eve or maybe even a day before down to a Goodwill shelter, down to a Desert Industries, down to a distribution place where they, where it did go to, to people who had more need. And the point is the children felt like as they worked up closer to Christmas, they were giving every day. They were trying to find something. In fact, this mom said what, she had one child. She had to say, well, I, I don't think you want to give all your stuff away here. <laughs> Be a little careful. But the idea of transferring that spirit of getting, I want this, I want that, send the letter to Santa, am I going to get it, am I going to get it, transferring a little of that feeling to, I want to give something to someone who, who needs things more than I do. Yeah, which which leads us back to how do we do that for extended family? Right. Um, it really is uh, good to give them ideas, but they have ideas. Now our kids, as we said, are living all over the world. And they're doing a lot more than we are in most cases. Then it's just amazing. In fact, we just got an Instagram this morning from our son and daughter-in-law who live in right in central New York City. And um, did you see that on Instagram? I haven't seen it yet. The, the young man, young woman, 
the uh, program of the church called uh, Mutual, they have got, no, seminary. The seminary students who are studying gospel every morning, early morning, um, they went to, down to the subways and started posting things from Light the World. And uh-huh. they started with 15 little posts, and now they've covered one whole wall and the other whole wall. You mean with little posts? In the notes, subways, or? yeah. It looked like little, just little posts. So notes. people would read that and go on uh, Light the World and. and I don't and know if they went on it or not, calendars. but they, they had this, those messages. Oh, I, you, interesting. you couldn't see what the messages said, but wow, you know, that's amazing. So I know a lot of you are doing things like that, and your kids are doing great things. We are at a point where our extended family is way extended. Some of you just have little nuclear families still at home, but of course you have extended families too. And so um, we just really hope that you'll give a little more thought to extended families during the Christmas season and what you can do to be more in touch and to serve them. And back to this idea, this discussion we were part of this past week, um, uh, a lot of people in the audience, basically in the discussion, basically said, you know, you can't, the, the goal is to increase the spirit of giving and of Christ and maybe cut back a little on the Santa and the getting, but it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of getting rid of one in favor of the other. It's a matter of sort of separating the two. And we talked for a little while about an idea we've mentioned on this show before. Well, I where, think we talked about this last week. Yeah, I just want to reiterate it, that if if you're a family who's just trying to think, how do we, how do we separate and get some credence to both of those schools of thought, like we mentioned last week, one way to do it is to devote Christmas Eve entirely to Christ, the nativity, a supper made up of things they only ate in in, at the, in the meridian of time, and, and turning out the lights, turning up the candles, so that it it really focuses your children's attention entirely on Christ. And if, if the children are giving gifts, let that Christmas Eve be the time they give their gifts, so the focus is on them as the givers. And then let it all happen on Christmas morning with Santa and everything else. You know, sometimes we have more kids home than others. And this year, actually, nobody's coming home. So we're going to them. We're actually going to Phoenix. But this tradition has spread in our family. We've called it the Jerusalem Supper, although we should have called it the Nazareth Supper. Yeah. I don't know what we were thinking. The night before they it's left. the night before Mary and Joseph leave. And we gather around the family as friends and family to wish them well and so on. And we actually turn into those people. I don't know how many people would want to do this, but we have so much fun with that. We have some simple costumes, just mostly headdresses, and everybody assigns themselves a name, and they sit around and we eat fish and figs and um, waffles sometimes and fruit and just things they would have had in, in Nazareth on that night. Now, again, our goal is never to say, we have this tradition, you should adopt our tradition. All families, we've, boy, one thing we've learned, so many wonderful traditions at Christmas. And I guess all we're suggesting on this show today is whatever your traditions are, enhance them, focus on them. And I think my last thought, Linda, would be, you know, plan it out. I think the the families that have the worst Christmases are the ones that don't plan anything. But if you're proactive and say, here's what we're going to do on each day, here's how we're going to involve service, here's how we're going to involve the extended family, then you just carry out your plan and you have a wonderful 
Christmas. So we wish you luck with that. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas season, and we'll see you next week on Ayers on the Road.